podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're just a sh- Andy Carroll rang out around the city ground as Forest held on and fought their way to a one-all draw against Manchester City. This is the 1865 match report recorded the day after the best team in the world couldn't find a way through Forest defence and our unbeaten home record goes on and on. So we've got our Tom to talk about the match, we've got the view from the opposition and we've got a news roundup on our ever-growing injury list from Callum later on. But we'll start off with uh, how we lined up yesterday. Um, we had five changes from the defeat at Fulham. Uh, some enforced, some unexpected because um, Felipe and Worrell replaced the injured Bolly and McKenna and Colback and Shelby started in midfield. So we had Navas in goal, Aurier and Lodi at fullback with Felipe and Worrell in the middle. Then we had these four central midfielders, Freuler, Shelby, Danilo and Colback with Gibbs, White and Johnson up front. So with those midfielders, I was listening on the radio on the way there and there were some questions about the shape we were going to take. But it did kind of end up sort of as a 4-3-3 with Danilo sort of playing slightly ahead of the other three. But to be honest, we just sat deep in a very, very low block and the shape didn't really matter that much. But we'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, the first half was pretty much all City. I checked the stats at half time. We had 16% possession. We'd made 10 attacking passes to their 286. Uh, the bloke next to me commented he'd never seen players able to make space in our box when we had so many people in there. And there were quite a few hairy moments, but for all their dominance and all their shots that they got, I don't think Navas really had a save to make in the first half. However, the pressure eventually counted. A corner saw Grealish pick up the ball, spot silver or marked at the edge of the box, and he put in this fantastic shot that was close to, but just out of reach of our keeper. Second half was a bit different. Uh, Navas was kept busy making a number of excellent saves, but the key moment for me came when Haaland skipped away from Worrell, was had his hand on Haaland's shoulder, like the slightest of touches, and Haaland threw himself to the floor. The referee waved play on and um, Pep got a booking for his complaints, but personally, I'd have thought Haaland should have got the booking there. Um, Straight after, Foden's shot was saved by Navas. Haaland hit the bar and then skied the rebound, prompting those Andy Carroll chants. And that made me laugh a lot. But it also seemed to give our team a bit of belief. And we made a load of subs. Nico and IU came on, then Mangala, and then finally Toff and Wood. Uh, and that allowed us to start getting hold of the ball, eventually resulting in Jono beating his defender, spilling the ball to Morgs, whose low cross was met at the far post by Chris Wood for his first Forest goal. One all, an amazing performance, uh, fantastic ta- tactically. Um, Tom, what did you make of that? Brilliant, especially second half yesterday. And that goal, I think I've watched it about 20 times this morning. 19 <laughs> passes I've counted. And this is not, get no disrespect to when we did it against Fulham under Sabri in 2019, but this is against the juggernaut, which is Man City. And yeah, 19 passes and a brilliant 13 goal. And I don't think outside Nottingham, not enough will be um, made of it, but uh, it's just a fantastic goal. And I think the second half, it was a really disciplined performance and everybody was near enough um, perfect. So I think it was a well-deserved point, uh, to be honest, because you're going to like obviously concede a bit of uh, possession and you're going to suffer a bit. But on the whole, we was uh, brilliant yesterday. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think, um, yes, Steve Cooper said sometimes you have to sacrifice, what was, I can't remember his exact words, something like sacrifice your ideals or sacrifice. Yeah, that was pretty much it, yeah. 
and yeah and we did we basically we just sat for especially in the first half we sat basically in our own box and were completely disciplined completely disciplined like like something I've not seen from us for a very very long time exactly um you could see on the pitch like certain players were getting more and more frustrated as the game went on uh, from Man City. I mean, Harlem was getting frustrated, then he threw himself to the uh, floor after that uh, minimal contact by um, Worrell. Um, Kevin De Bruyne was his radar was well off yesterday. Yeah, um, and Grealish um, he started the game really well, but then bit by bit when we was like niggling at him, he was getting frustrated, and he probably took his eye off the ball of a disciplined performance. So, um, so yeah, and then Warrell and Felipe, they were absolutely colossus um, yesterday. The <laughs> I think when uh, Felipe got in last night, I think it, it was Wallet Keys Harland in his back pocket. Felipe and Warrell, they were just immense yesterday. And obviously, it w- was going to be needed because you, um, you're playing against probably the best number nine in the world mm-hmm. um, at the moment, well. I know there's Rashford and et cetera, but uh, with his 24 goals or whatever it is, and on the back of a decent performance against Arsenal, um, yeah, it was a top performance by everybody yesterday. Definitely. Uh, I've got a few uh, players I, I just want to quickly mention. Um, so Shelby's first start, and especially in the first half, I thought he, he had a fantastic performance. When we, the very few times we did get the ball, he was the one who actually made us do something with it. Yeah. So, but, but then, because obviously he's he's only just come back from an injury, and it's just like you could see him like tiring on the pitch, but he, he still had that quality when he gave him the bullet. I think it was just because of his running up and down and um, etc. Obviously, it tied him out after sixty odd minutes, but he is going to be a real asset for us in that midfield, just, just taking care of the ball, and that's what's yeah. needed in the. Um, Although not league. just that, one of the things I did like was um, every time when he was going in for a, a tackle or something, it wasn't necessarily a tackle. It was just like a little shove on people. I think Man City didn't like that. Yeah, it's just being streetwise. And mm. I think we're, we're coming around to the fact that we're not, well, especially at home, our home form is unbelievable. But I think bit by bit, we're getting a bit more streetwise to the Premier League of what's needed. And Shelby's been in the Premier League for the last, what, 10 years or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, those like little nudges and everything, it's what makes you have that like extra couple of percent to obviously win a midfield battle. Yeah, and the same thing, um, Premier League experience. I thought Aurier, he got a bit giddy and overexcited at points, but he also provided that same thing, that little bit of like physical presence and, and just frustrating um, Man City every time they came down, well, so mainly with Grealish, he was up against, and and he put him up in the air at one point. Yeah. The thing is, with, um, like I said, I don't really want to talk about Man City, because it's not a Man City podcast, but I saw this with Guardiola when he was at um, Bayern Munich, where Bayern Munich before, when they won the Champions League, I think it was in 2013, or under York Pankers, they were ruthless. When there was a, the saw the goal, that was it, it was a goal. And uh, I think yesterday... Man City tried to overplay it, like with the Foden. Mm. I think, to be fair, in that moment, Foden. I think the ball just like skipped up, and obviously it went away from. That's why he was stretching to play Haaland in. But I just think sometimes with Man City, as brilliant as they are, I think it's sort of passed too many sometimes. And I mean, on another day, um, with the chances they had, we could have been like a few down. But luck was on our side yesterday. 
Well, actually, and I think, um, again, I've not talked talk about Man City too much, but um, Haaland did an interview the other day where he said, I, I wish they'd, they'd play the ball to me more often. So I wonder if that was play, playing on Foden's mind. He almost undid himself. Yeah, you got, and it's got to be at the right time, hasn't it? I mean, you yeah. can sometimes force the play too much and and it nearly gets there, but it's never, it's not enough. But, uh, but no, we're with Forest yesterday. Um, yeah, you looked at their team and you, I think we was in the pub before and the team come out at two o'clock and it's like, right, who they got then? And it was like Haaland, De Bruyne, Grealish and <laughs> Foden. And it's like, it's like, right, well, it is what it is. But I think, I think <laughs> it was quite I, funny. So it was my, I took my, to my wife for it was her first game uh, for quite a while. And and we were in the, when the team was announced, and we were, we were still in the car then. And um, she was like, "Oh my god, I get to see all these famous players!" <laughs> but by the end of the game, she was like, "Yes." <laughs> she was like, "I don't care about them." She was like, yeah. booing Grealish and all sorts. It was brilliant. And, and I think with what Cooper said at post match yesterday, it was like, oh, "I don't really like playing uh, Man City." Yeah, <laughs> he, <laughs> he actually admitted that. And but he says he, he went to the watch them live against Villa last week and trying to like come up with a plan and everything. And he, he must have been having sleepless nights, like thinking, well, we think we've nullified that threat, but there was like four other threats which yeah. have to nullify. But but no, tactically, Steve Cooper and his staff yesterday to instill that belief because he said post match with um, Radio Nottingham that if we're still in the game by tw- um, on what seventy minutes or twenty minutes to go. We will get a bit of joy, especially down there left, our right. Mm. And that duly happened, didn't it? Um, where they, like I said, there was 19-odd passes and Bernardo Silva's gone to press the ball and we've got like that bit of space down the other side and a bit of quality into the box. And there's Chris Wood to tap it home for um, his first goal in a red shirt. Yeah, I mean, I mean first of all, uh, just say, I think it was Rodri that Jono ran up against. So, obviously, not a left-back um, and yeah, so he didn't want to make the tackle. So that's what kind of that yeah, the pulling Bernardo Silva out like that is kind of what made made it happen. Um, but then the other thing is yeah, for for Chris Woods, that getting the goal just after the 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 news that we we have to sign him, and yeah. like, obviously a lot of Forest fans were slightly bemused at this paying fifteen million dollars, yeah, I, I was... fifteen million quid for. Yeah, I was one of those people. I, I just thought yeah. it's it's like no disrespect to Chris Wood, but it's like turning up for work for three days, thinking I've turned up. Where, where's where's my promotion? You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, I was. But when when he came yeah. on as well, I thought. I mean, I I thought especially the last ten. Well, for, from when Wood came on, I thought you. I looked over to the touchline and Pep was panicking. He was turning around. He was yelling at his subs on the bench. <laughs> like yelling at them he didn't know yeah. what to do and he didn't know how to deal with him and I think with yeah and when Chris Wood come on I've been to be honest I've been a bit disappointed in the, the previous three games what he's played in I just think he hasn't offered much whether it's just like trying to adapt to our style of play but he come on yesterday and the first thing he, um, he did was um, he brought the ball down he played it out to um, Johnson on the right and you think then there was another decent touch and you're thinking he's done more in a two-minute spell than he has in the previous um, three games. Then, obviously, he got his goal. I, in the past, I, I've always liked him. You know, when we've been up against him, he's one of those players who mm. seems to always score against. So, and like I said, a bit of quality in the box from Jono. And um, and then, obviously, you've got Gibbs-White and etc. He's going to be 
if you can just get on that back post, because how many times is like the the ball flashed across the face of goal yeah. and nobody's there to prod it home? And if you keep putting quality into the box, nine times out of ten, Chris Wood's going to finish it off. That's his game. He's, it, to be honest, he's not one of those strikers what's going to run the channel. So I was happy for him yesterday, and hopefully this is the springboard now to hopefully get a few more goals to his um, name over the next uh, coming weeks and months. I mean, uh, another nice little touch was um, after the game, um, Steve Cooper came over and gave Chris Wood a great big hug and then he pushed him towards the fans <laughs> to, so that yeah. he could receive the applause, which yeah. I thought was a really good touch. Yeah. I think uh, like social media is a, like it's just an easy stick to use to give somebody some stick if something's not... if like a player is not playing how you want him to play, et cetera. But yeah, when he come on yesterday, like he says, um, Pep panicked. Um, they think, well, they've got somebody where the ball could stick now and they could cause us problems around the box. I.e. you've got Ayu who was on the pitch at that time and you've got Gibbs White, you've got Johnson. Um, if you get Chris Wood holding the ball up and them in and around it, they could cause problems. And, and with the stats yesterday, I know we didn't create many chances, but the one clear-cut chance we had, we took it. And that is what you have to do against Man City because you're not going to get many chances. And we took that chance and got the point. And I think the point's massive in the grand scheme of things because of how the results went yesterday. I mean, I know we have to do our work in terms of getting results, um, etc. But a point against Manchester City, it's unbelievable, especially with like Bournemouth uh, beating Wolves and um, etc. So... So, yeah, yeah, it's a great point definitely. going into... And it gives a massive belief, again, going into West Ham and Everton in the next uh, couple of weeks because if we've got absolutely... Um, well, if we received an absolute pace in yesterday, heads might have like dropped and things like that. But that belief and how the city ground was and, and even Ian Dennis put, uh, mentioned in the um, BBC Radio 5 yeah. commentary, uh, there's a clip of what's been going around on Twitter. It's unbelievable. And I think the media appreciate it because... I'm not the biggest fan of Brentford, but it's been Brentford's atmosphere, this, that and the other. Mm. And I think the media are now saying, no, go to the city ground and realise what the atmosphere is like at the city ground because it's we really are the 12th uh, man. It's like how many times over the season that we've actually got the players over the line for like a point or three points and uh, we've been a massive uh, asset. And I don't think many teams will like coming to the city ground. I know... Uh, Man U did us uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Carabao Cup because um, they scored that early goal. But yeah, I think if um, how the atmosphere is, I think some players for, who haven't experienced it before could wilt, like at Liverpool and places like um, teams like that. So yeah, the atmosphere is at the moment absolutely brilliant at the City Ground. It's it's the best I I can remember in what thirty odd years of. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even. It, I, even under Billy Davis, the first spell, I don't think it ever got this close. Yeah. Um, and well, there, the atmosphere then was never got close to what the atmosphere is now. It is a special place, and it's like it's. it's I think it, I said this the other day. Is I think it feels like now that even under Billy Davis, there were times where we were waiting for the team to make us make the noise. Yeah, them to do something, and then we make the noise. Whereas it's the other way around now. We make the noise, and then the team responds to it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just uh, it's just a brilliant place to get. We, we know I wouldn't like to use the word dilapidated, but it's it's rustic. The city ground It's very <laughs> yeah. uh, not a great deal has been done uh, to the stadium as we all know in the last thirty uh, odd years. But it 
it's our rustic home on the side of the Trent, and uh, it's a special place to go and watch football at the moment. And it has and been again for us when, since... when the um, when the attendance comes up. I always look over to the away fans. Yeah, and you could see the Man City fans were kind of like wanted to jeer at the fact that we only get have twenty nine thousand in there, but then yeah. they they didn't. <laughs> Yeah, because they knew what it meant yeah and I was talking to a Man City fan on the way to the train station and um, they were like when was it Main Road we had what you've got now and it was Mm. even though Main Road was rustic stadium it was it was vibrant in terms of the atmosphere and everything and that's what you've got now and now they've moved to what it was Eastland City of Manchester Mm. that's called the Etihad it says it's a bit soulless because um, you've got like new fans coming in who haven't experienced the days of um, main road and, and everything. And the atmosphere is a bit sterile, but it says what you've got here, it's special. And if you can stay at the city ground, stay because it's a, with the um, location it is. And I'm probably going to sound biased, but I think it's, we're up there with Fulham of the best location in the country yeah. to watch football and the atmosphere inside it. Um, is um, honestly it's just a brilliant brilliant place to watch football and I, I just uh, at the moment it's just lovely being a Forest fan <laughs> uh, right um, so speaking of Man City fans so uh, I'm just going to uh, we're going to just hear the views of um, a Man City fan Hi this is Mike from the Perth Della Prem podcast we're a Premier League fan channel from Australia so obviously frustrated with the the one one result, it kind of puts us back to square one in in terms of the title race. But I do just want to start off by saying I remember last time City and Forest played, I, I I would be interested to see how different things were once you know Steve Cooper had been given a little bit of time to sort of gel in the new signings and and find a way that works for him and and the team to sort of progress forward and and keep themselves in the division. Um, and it certainly felt like a completely different side to the one that we faced at the Etihad and. From a City perspective, though, it is a strange feeling after the game because this was actually probably one of our better post-World Cup performances in terms of our passing, build-up play, you know, trans-creation and, and fluidity, things that we've actually really struggled with in the in the last probably couple of months since returning. But you know what? We, we just couldn't kill off the game, unfortunately. Um, you know, Forrest looked much tighter and solid as a unit and, and they looked dangerous on the break in, in both halves and... Gibbs White and Brennan Johnson sort of worried me a couple of times, especially in that first half, but um, they were kind of caught out by the offside trap. Um, and then, then just sticking with uh, your defence as well, you know, Kaylor Navas, I think he's going to be a class signing. That save from Laporte's header at the start of the second half was was exceptional. And I think it's only going to benefit uh, your survival chances. And then keeping in the defence, you know, Felipe looks like a really good signing. He, he nullified Haaland and the, the, the whole unit, um, defensive unit for Forrest did really well, not allowing him any space to run in behind, which is where he's really dangerous as well. And, you know, Jack Grealish has probably been one of our better players in recent times. And, and he got an assist today, of course, from Bernardo Silva's goal. But I think Aurea did a fantastic job at not allowing him to dribble past him or, or carry the ball forward with his usual effect. Um, you know, just looking at Forrest's goal, I think it probably had been coming, you know, as soon as it went into the back of the net by Chris Wood. It was, you know, it's couple of things. It's probably not good enough from us conceding from our first shot on target, but you know, that Forrest did exceptional to sort of keep the game at 1-0 for as long as they did, and you're always going to leave yourself open from that perspective. The longer the game stays, 1-0 for sure. And I think Haaland's miss is probably symbolic of our day, but 
but certainly big credit to Forrest and Steve Cooper because I think he's done an exceptional job and obviously the board's put lots of faith in him to to keep this team moving forward and stay in the division and I, I think the players you know did really well executing his plan today. If you'd like to hear more from our channel, you can find us on your preferred podcasting platform. The 1865 Match Report. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Yeah, we can all agree it was a fantastic performance. Steve Cooper got his tactics exactly right. Um, just a word about Steve Cooper then, because... I don't know what I don't know what it's where we'd be without him and and I mean all of this is down to him ultimately. Yeah, isn't it? it is and the belief what he puts into the players. I think like um Pitley, he probably like saying all right. I wouldn't say he'd be scared because he's not like but he's kind of he's wary of when we're playing these like like some Man City. But I think yesterday he got his tactics absolutely um, spot on and he instills this belief into the players that. You can do anything mm. within ninety. It's two teams, um, eleven players. You can do anything, and that belief transpired onto the pitch yesterday with the players. He mentioned that in, in his interview as well. He said, um, "I don't like to talk about how good Man City are before the game because I don't want I don't want to instill the belief in the players." Yeah, and he, he does that, doesn't he? I mean, if you because I always in the past um, before Steve Coop, it's like soon as final whistle, that's it up and out kind of thing but mm. you want to stay that like extra five ten minutes of Steve Cooper going around embracing it, all the players and and everything and obviously thanking the fans doing his fist pumps and and all of that and and yeah he's just uh, yeah every single week it's like he just pulls something out of the bag of instilling this belief in this side and his belief and the togetherness what he's like wrapped around the club is what's going to keep us in the Premier League. And like he says, I don't know where we'll be without him. Not not here anyway. No, no, <laughs> nowhere here. In League here, One, here. to yeah. be frank. You just, you just don't want to think about it. So, um, But no, he's, um, yeah, he's solid goal, that bloke is. He's solid goal. So, um, I mean, we've got we've still got a pretty tricky run of games coming up. Um, and the biggest worry at the moment is our injury list. So here's Callum with the, the latest on how that's looking. Hi, this is Callum with the 1865 News. Um, some bad news recently with the injuries to Willie Bolly and Scott McKenna. Uh, Bolly's out for three months, up to three months, and McKenna's out for up to eight weeks, um, which adds to the injury list, which is now Awanyi, Biancone, Henderson, Koyate, Niakate, Richards, Yates, Lingard, Bolly, and McKenna. Um, good news though, we've got Niakate in training, um, non contact, but should hopefully be uh, quite close to returning and Awanyi and Koyate progressing well, according to Steve Cooper. Um, and that has led to Steve Cooper applying to the Premier League to try and bring Steve Cook back into the 25-man squad. Um, I think Bolly will probably miss the rest of the season now. If he is out for, up to, well, if he's out for three months, he will be. Um, 
So I imagine it'd be a like for like replacement. Still waiting to hear back on that news. Um, some transfer news. We're still waiting on Lewis O'Brien's move and how that's progressed with Blackburn with the application to try and get that through to the FL. Um, but I believe there is interest from the MLS and they're trying to look at a move there as well if everything doesn't go through. And then Chris Wood is now a permanent Nottingham Forest player after making three appearances for the club, which would have been the clause included in the deal to Newcastle. Uh, 15 million, and I believe it's about £4 million for the loan fee as well, so taking that up to 19 mil. And then Morgan Gibbs-White has been in England contention with Gareth Southgate, which would be great if he does make the squad at some point. So that's some great news for us. Um, And uh, thank you very much. And I'll be back with the news again soon. And then just an update on that. Uh, If you haven't heard, uh, the Premier League have turned down our bid for um, Steve Cook to be added to the squad, which... I mean, I don't know. It isn't a surprise, I suppose, but um, it is still kind of worrying. I, I, I really don't want to end up having to chuck Neocarte back in. No, and I think, I think was my heart sunk yesterday because Felipe cleared the ball out in front of A block yesterday, and he stumbled. Mm. And I thought, please don't be a hamstring. He obviously was all out of that, but my heart, I thought, not another one. But then Aurier went down yesterday. Hopefully it was just like probably a bit of fatigue or a knock and we don't have a game in midweek. So obviously we can get him ready for the game against West Ham next week. But regarding the um, request to re-include Steve Cook into the 25-man squad, um, I think Watford did it last season, but then I can see why the Premier League have rejected it because it will just make a mockery of the 25-man squad because everybody will be doing it and... I mean, there might be a rule for this and a rule for that, but I'm not too surprised that they've come back and said no kind of thing. But for um, for a day or so, it rattled the uh, the rest of the Premier League because uh, yeah. I think we hate absolutely hate it at the moment. We obviously they started chucking all the accusations about how much Jesse Lingard was on at the start of the season. Yeah. Players, what we've signed and everything, and uh, and even yesterday uh, on Twitter. Man City fans were getting rattled by uh, a set of fireworks uh, let off by a local takeaway. So, uh, yeah, we've... we've, 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 we've I'm glad to say, actually, those fireworks happen all every week. We don't just do it for Man City. Exactly. But, yeah, I was coming out the um, out the ground yesterday and there was like this bank lad and he was like, I won't do the accent. But he's like, oh, well, why is there um, fireworks? You only, you only got a draw. And it's like, we'll do it every single game. We could, you could have pandas today and probably, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah he, I think it's either's grill, isn't it, on Radcliffe Road? Yeah, yeah. I, plugged a, I plugged to him, but uh, yeah, I think he's got like a, uh, I think he's got a storage container of uh, fireworks, <laughs> and we just let him off, kind of thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it's funny when we play um, Premier League side because I sit right above the away fans, so I'm coming out, and when you go down Colic Road, mm. the meet up with you if they come out at near enough the same time and when the fireworks go up and, uh, and everything and you can hear the comments I thought we've absolutely rattled with the Premier League um, this year I mean when we got got up in May everybody's like oh it's great to have not, uh, not some fires back into the Premier League and then bit by bit they're just I think we hate it kind of thing but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but are we bothered no we're not no absolutely not <laughs> so um, yeah I'm going to wrap it up there um, I th- I'm I'm just very happy <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, yeah a, a win would have been fantastic. There, there was like the, the slight chance we could have sneaked something at the end because they were rattled and then they were piling forwards at the end. Yeah, but 
but but yeah, I'd have taken a draw any day. Yeah, I think we all would. So, uh, but uh, but no, it was a uh, it was a good performance yesterday, and on to West Ham next week. Yep. So thank you, Tom. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Perth de la Prem. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Steve Cooper, most of all. Sports Social Podcast Network.